Welcome to Destination Leadership, the podcast for people interested in diving into the worlds of inspiring leaders to learn from them. I'm your host, Katrin Grunwald, founder of The Globe Team, organizational development consultant, and coach for first-time leaders. Today's guest is from a completely different world than the ones we've had on the podcast so far, the world of politics. It's Julian Fuye, who's the head of programs at the Munich Security Conference and who previously worked in the office of a German parliamentarian at the Bundestag and a political foundation. I find that our conversation shows the great positive energy and humor that Julian has and at the same time, his deep-rooted trust and the importance for him of being approachable for the people in his team. We talk about his lessons learned on giving feedback, role models he had, and why he would describe his leadership style as Papa Bear. <laughs> Before we start, one word on today's audio quality. Unfortunately, it's not as clear as it usually is, so bear with us and the German internet connections on the countryside. Without further ado, enjoy the conversation. Welcome to this episode of Destination Leadership and welcome to my guest, Julian Foye. Thank you, Catherine, for inviting me. Uh, looking forward to our next uh, half hour. Thank you very much. Yeah. Great to have you on the show. Let's start with an introduction so all the listeners can know a bit more about yourself. Right, perfect. Uh, like you said, Julian Foyer. Uh, I study political science. I've uh, been living in Berlin for the last 10 years. Uh, I worked at the Bundestag um, as a parliamentarian aide for four years. And now I'm at the Munich Security Conference, um, and there I've been in different positions, leading a team between eight to now four people. And yeah, I'm looking forward to share some thoughts on that with you. Yes, because you have been recommended to me as a, a really cool boss, one of our listeners has or had. Um, and we'll, we'll go into that, why you've been recommended. But let's start chronologically. So let's look at the very first time you were leading a team. Tell us more about the situation and, well, what what are your lessons learned from there as well? Right. So I just have to get get once go one step back, so to say, coming from the Bundestag. We've been, you know, working in a really small team, just five or four people. Um, uh, you know, working for one parliamentarian. I always thought the next step would be actually being in the lead position for a smaller team. So I actually looked for a job coming from the Bundestag where I could lead a team. So that's what I found at the Munich Security Conference. I've been starting as a deputy head of policy at our um, base in Berlin. And when I started leading the team, I was, first of all, really looking forward to yeah, actually sharing the, that was my thought, sharing my energy with a team and being able to That was at least, you know, my approach, bringing the positive energy towards more people. So uh, when I started up, I was just way excited and looking forward and not so much afraid of doing things uh, wrongly, of doing, of you know, doing any some kind of mistakes, but rather looking forward and was uh, happy with, happy, happily looking forward to working with the people. 
And I think this is a really important thing. So in my work with first-time leaders, I think that let's say the willingness, the wanting to share um, your energy, your spirit with the team and really looking forward to leading and to taking over that responsibility is an important part of being also mentally ready to lead your first team. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was, I think when you start leading a team and you're, I mean, afraid of you know making mistakes, I would say that's not the best way to start off because it's more of a learning process for everybody involved. That's kind of how I saw it. So it's more like starting with a positive energy and saying, hey, let's cool, let's work together. And, you know, I, I'd like to share what, what I learned before. And I'd like to, um, yeah, a leader and uh, seeing where we can take this whole thing together. What were um, role models or examples you had when taking over your first team where you looked up to or certain characteristics, behaviors that you also wanted to implement in your way of leading? So when I first started um, working uh, close or in politics at a foundation in Berlin, um, I, I had a boss who was really the, uh, in my opinion, more or less the perfect leader in the position he was because um, he was approachable. Um, he was in a way forgiving of mistakes, but he was still strict and directly in telling you what he wanted uh, and what you did wrong in this, in the context you did. Um, so he was the first one actually, and actually came into politics um, where I'm working in now. So I saw him and he had the, he had the, um, he was recognized in, in the in the whole bubble, so to say, of being a good leader. So he was the first one, actually, where I saw, okay, that's someone who's reliable, who who's direct in his communication, but uh, still know I can do mistakes and I can grow with them or doing them. So that was, uh, yeah, the, the first time I really met someone who was a leader. And then when I came to the Bundestag and was working there for the for the for uh, during the four years, I saw how difficult it is uh, even leading a small team and how small things can influence the team really in a, in a strong way so that were the the two clues so to say for me where i thought okay that's something i want to put into practice and see how that works uh, when i lead a team and how did it turn out then your first um leadership position what were lessons learned As I, of course, I mean i would say it turned out well <laughs> no really it did i mean um and i hope my my team members uh, would say at least um if i'm around they probably say the same thing and maybe they'd even say it if i'm not around um there were some things which surprised me in leading a team um i don't know if we can already dive into that yeah let's that go later, yep. but, um, let's go for yeah, concrete so, examples yeah um i mean uh, we talked about when we, we you and me we met before we talked about this one example where I said that's something that was was not expected that when you um try to give positive feedback to a team and tell somebody in the group of uh, of the team that he or she did something uh, did a great job that that can be backfiring and that was when that happened happened to me to me the first time i was kind of uh, um, surprised because i wouldn't have never thought that would come in i wouldn't have seen that one coming and that was one of the examples where you say, okay, I'm, I'm going there, having the energy and just want to work together towards a common aim, common goal. And even if I say something positive, that could be having a negative impact for the team and having a negative impact to the one uh, you just said you did a good job. So that was one of those those first things where I say, okay, you, you do have to 
look a little bit closer and it's not enough to just say I'm, I'm positive and having having this positive energy and transporting that towards the team but um, yeah. even this can be backfiring in a way yeah that's something um i just last week i did a first time leader training and we talked about the um, like ways people feel recognized and valued for their work and that really it's different for each person so while for you it might be like yay getting mentioned in front of a group is really great and it gives you you feel recognized and appreciated for others it might have another effect so really the importance of looking what's kind of the language of appreciation that is for that person that you want to do something good to the right language. There's always a difference in between speaking to one person uh, in a private setting, so to say on the sidelines and um, in front of the group, in front of the team, which in a way seems obvious that you get the right feel for when to communicate things in front of the group and when to, you know, choose or pick people uh, and take, them to the sidelines and tell them tell them something that was a challenge in the beginning and this combined with the with the knowledge of saying even if i if from my perspective just want to communicate something positive that can have an impact if somebody in the team either thinks um that he didn't re receive or he or she didn't receive the honor he or she was supposed to receive from his or her boss uh, in one way or thought i could have done better and why is he in this case he me why is he Telling us that was a good job, but it was not a good job. I can do better than that. So to find the right, you know, right sweet spot, so to say, when to you know say that to to one person, in private setting, when to say that from the group, and when to not use a positive, um, a positive language or positive emotions. Yeah, yeah, really interesting lessons learned around the yeah the the power or the situations of giving positive feedback and the effect it can have on the team and just to see really like you said finding the sweet spot really understanding for each person what is something that they feel what is a way that they feel appreciated what were other uh, lessons learned or some specific uh, examples from that time that you looking back at now would say okay i learned quite a lot yeah uh, second thing also connected with with the energy level i'd say um, just to give some sort of practical background, we always do have check-ins on Monday and check-outs on Friday. That is to say, we meet with the whole team and everybody tells what he or she is doing, what are their jobs for the week. And then once the week closes, we all say, okay, I've got this one done, still have this one left and so on. And on and Fridays, when we do our check-out, and if it was a stressful week, everybody is kind of, you know, however, I mean, we all know how it is on Friday after a stressful week. Uh, but also, you know, tired and, you know, looking forward to the weekend. But then again, um, I, I don't know the right word in English is uh, you call me out and we can get Alban. People How become to be silly, kind of goofy. Yeah, yeah. People become kind of goofy and silly. So on Fridays with the checkout, people kind of tend to be too silly once you, you know, once your energy level as a boss is too high and you, you know, put that into the team, people can kind of, things, so to say, of the, the whole communication can kind of get out of hand, you know, people just become silly and so on and that, and then you can all find people in the team who don't like this level of energy and who think like, this is serious stuff, please boss, I just want to get my job done, so on the, on the, uh, on the serious sides of work. On the other hand, I, I want a team which is, you know, enjoying their work. But to find that spot especially, and that was something I learned when everybody's exhausted and, you know, steering towards being silly and looking forward to the weekend, how do you get the right energy into the team of saying, hey, that was a great week. 
uh, and not sugarcoating things, which many words so great, which was stressful, you know, putting that in the right framing, but still saying that, you know, let's look forward to doing good stuff next Monday um, and keep the energy level flowing in the way of not losing the team, becoming too silly, but not being like super serious because that again is not who I am, you know, the way I don't want to live in a team, so to say. Yeah, that's a great um, kind of bridge towards the the topic of what is it that how you want to lead your team, who you are. Let me just share with the listeners the feedback, why you were recommended as a guest for this podcast. Um, oh. So <laughs> um, it was a combination <laughs> of empathy, clear like guidance, clear instructions, honesty, and trust in other people. And I was wondering, so those things that clearly others have seen in your behavior, are those things that you that are important to you that you do on purpose when you interact with a team? Or tell us a bit more about your leadership style. Yeah, first of all, obviously, I'm feeling flattered. So thanks, thanks <laughs> for that. And, uh, and another disclaimer, I haven't paid anybody for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. No. Um, Actually, actually, I think the um, uh, for me being two two things kind of stand out in the in those uh, attributes that just who were used to describe my, my style of leading. It's uh, the first one of being um, reliable. That is to say, what I say counts in the way that we can always discuss about that. Um, I, I thought about what I'm going to say, and I'm gonna, going to transport that in a clear communicational way that. I hopefully it reaches you, but you can take my word on that. And if you think it's something you see different or whatever, you can always approach me and we can discuss about that. Obviously, there's a there's somewhere there's a line where I say, okay, stop. It's just something that has to be done. That's it. And it, you know, we can still talk about the way I communicated and so on, but still, that's that's the line in the sand, so to say. And that's being reliable, but in both ways. Not only being reliable in, in the clear communication, but also being approachable. And I mean that. So I'm not, you know, I'm not going to, you know, close off because I'm feeling hurt or, you know, I'm feeling, uh, feeling weak in a spot, but I'm open for, for, uh, communication in both ways. So that's being reliable. Um, and also, you know, uh, you can still be sure that what I said yesterday is going to come for tomorrow. And the thing of putting trust in people is something which I would, you know, strongly, uh, sort of say underline, which is important because If we work in a team, I do trust each one of my team members um, for trying to do the best job in, in their frame of, of ability, so to say. And our job as a team is finding, again, one of my words are like the sweet spot of putting the things you do best uh, into the or aligning this with the, with the aim of our whole team. So that means I trust you as being a super teammate, doing an awesome job, and it's our job to find that right spot for you to actually uh, put that um, into action. What is it that helps you there to, to trust the people? Because I know it's a big issue for lots of leaders to say, okay, how much can I let go and really trust my team members? What has helped you there? Actually, I've, I've, I had a talk with one of my colleagues about that. Actually, it's it, it, it's... Um, a harsher way of leading because I trust people so much, but that's again something um, you don't have to prove yourself. That's not the right word, but you 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 sort of say you move you're 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 doing your job in this uh, 
area of trust I'm generating, but you have to do your job. So if somebody thinks, you know, Julian is not going to check it anyways because, you know, he's stupid and trustworthy enough to let me do this. Some, at the end of the day, it's gonna, you, somebody's going to find out because you're not going to do a good job. But I think we hired you and I want you in my team because you're, you're, you're awesome at the, those things you're doing. So it's just something I take for granted in a way. But then again, I mean, everybody has to, in a way, prove that he or she is, you know, doing a good job. I mean, that's what we get paid for. I mean, that's the reality. If I'm not going to show up at work, you know, eventually they're going to fire me. So <laughs> the reality is there. But, you know, starting off by saying, hey, it's cool to have you in the team. And I know you're doing an awesome job. Let's, it, let's see where that takes us. It's, and, and it's, it's in a way, that's what I'm saying, it's, it's, it's harsher or um, not as easy as telling you every little step and letting you, you know, every letter you're writing saying, I want to see that, I want to see that, I want to see that, I want to see that. And that's not how I think, that's not the way a team evolves. You have to let them, let everybody go. And that's the same thing I want them to see me as a leader, you know, to be have trust in me as what I'm doing and not, you know, checking me out every time I'm saying anything, saying something. Let's move to something we have talked about in our pre-discussion. And I will say it in a very informal way because we also talked about your um, how you see yourself or what's important to you as a leader. And the words Papa Bear came. And I think <laughs> we definitely need an explanation for that. Yeah, we could. Uh, totally. I mean, um, yes, that's kind of the... Uh, if, my, if my colleagues are going to listen to that and their teammates, they're probably going to uh, hopefully gonna laugh. Yeah, it is a, kind of a running gag. But actually, it kind of describes as maybe leadership style I'm uh, leadership leadership style leadership style is German leadership style I'm, I'm seeing of of being reliable um, <laughs> being strong in the way of that my word counts and that there is a, a line which not to cross because things just have to be done and after all we're in a work environment you know it's not it, it's not only uh, um, we're not only there for fun. Hopefully, we're making it fun, but still, we you know doing doing fun stuff. Hopefully, but still having to earn money in some kind of way. So um, that's so to say the earnesty coming, earnesty coming with this, with with uh, the papa bear, <laughs> the bear in it. But then again, having this trust in the team and being approachable and uh, telling people, you know, I trust in you. Let's do this together and. Having some of and that's at least what I'm trying to sort of say embracing style of leadership, um, and we also also know sometimes um, having this you know connection with the bear image is <laughs> strong in our team, um, and you know giving also we're using that giving the bear hug um, is to say that is you know a way of you know forcing things you want to do in a in a nice way but still having the strength with it saying hey this has to be done you know so. I'd say the Papa Bear, uh, the one side is being the approachable, being a nice guy. And like I said, putting the energy in the team, sometimes having to see that you're not only the, the Papa, but also the bear in the way of saying there's strength behind it. And, um, you know, I'm still leading this team. I'm still the boss at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. We, we will add. <laughs> Maybe you should write a book. <laughs> Should write a book about this, the Papa Bear method. Yeah, the Papa Bear method of leadership. What, what else yeah. is important? It's copyrighted right here. 
What what else would you say, Julian? Is important for you um, when when leading your team, or or when also approaching new team members, for example? So, I, for me, there's always two parts to it. The one part, obviously, is integrating somebody into the team, uh, so to say, the social structure of the team. But the other part is also telling somebody what to do. So what job he or she has to do. So the, so the, the so to say, the, the hard stuff and the, the softer stuff, if you, you know, it's, it's too easy to put it that way, but that's kind of the, the two worlds, which always, and obviously, which are intertwined, you know, which work together. But that's seeing what kind of type of person is somebody, how can I integrate somebody into the team, what needs to be done, or is it something that, you know, it's just, flowing by itself or do I need somebody to do I need to invite somebody to having lunch with all of us for example is that something you know that doesn't come natural on the other hand being straight and clear in communicating what I want from him or her in our team so those two pillars which probably are I would say somewhat obvious in the way of but still that's something that's and that to, to yeah You know, it, it's and you mentioned it's obvious, but at the same time, I think it's important we talk about it because, um, for me, I think leaders can really set a kind of frame around whenever someone new, I would say, um, new employee, neue Chance, neues Glück, so in German, because then um, it's a new new person joining your team, and you can again set the frame and see how to best integrate that person. And even though you know you do trust your team and all of that, it's still I think part of a responsibility to introduce someone well into the team, the kind of existing structure to make sure they find their place and they have a legitimate place in there. So I think, yeah, like. Totally. May I, may I add uh, three points? Yeah, <laughs> That's go. the uh, political scientist in me always making three points. Uh, so coming, coming back to when I started in the, uh, with a new team. So those were team members I, 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 I uh, couldn't choose before they were there in the team. So the, the, the characteristic, characteristic, so to say, the, the personality of each of those team members was there and I had to work with the existing team. So that is probably something if, if listeners out there are going to start with a new team, probably most of the time take over a team, which is always there, already, already there. So that was kind of a challenge of seeing, okay, how is, what kind of personalities do I have here? Is that the one, the introvert, the other one, you know, being, The clown guy that would be more me my style but so you have to kind of find the find the right uh, um, recipe for this mixture so to say and then the next uh the, the next step is uh saying that i can you know create my own team and if i hire people to find the right mixture of people to integrate in this team so that is next step in evol evolution of a team yeah. i think which is really uh, that is actually For me, something really fulfilling because you you know you, you you choose people and you see great that works out cool and those can be different people and the third point would be to not choose people who are only like yourself you know if you if you hire somebody new and because you know for me I'm somebody really open and like to talk a lot and so on but if I only hire little Julians that's not going to work out you know you have to have the different mixture so those three points to uh, to What kind of what kind of mixture of team you have yeah. now to work with it? Yeah, something that drives you when selecting new team members. Exactly. Only Papa Bears 
doesn't work either. <laughs> no, no, no. But that's for, for all listeners, like a team of little use won't give you as much success as a diverse team. I mean, there's tons of studies really showing the diversity on all different levels. So it could be, of course, yeah, gender, totally. it could be age, it could be backgrounds, it could be, um, you know, even like a view of, of society, different views of society that can be enriching um, in diversity there. Looking, talking, moving from society um, to politics, and uh, as kind of mm, like the last idea. topic um, for for our conversation, mm. because I think inviting you to the podcast as someone who's really worked in in politics. I mean, the Munich Security Conference is a well world known conference, uh, bringing together people from politics, industry, all kind of different parts of society. Um, and you've worked before in the German parliament. So having the opportunity to having a guest here in this podcast, talk, um, having experienced teams in political context, I was wondering, what can you share in general about, like you mentioned quite early at the beginning, there are smaller teams. What else would you say characterizes also leadership in a political environment? So if you, if you work in a policy, you do need a team uh, or you do have to have in the back of your head or your mind that you have a team of different uh, political backgrounds, obviously, because people who want to produce policy and want to work in a political uh, environment um, in a way have to follow their heart. You know, you can obviously write a speech which is totally against your your uh, inner thoughts and so on, but that only works for so and so long. So that's something you have to think about too. Um, and then, which I think is special in working in politics, especially if you work at the Bundestag, where you have the Sitzungswoche, uh, that means when the parliament meets and all the parliamentarians are in town, it's really a high intensity sounding really, I mean, I don't word stressful, but you have to get things done on a really short notice. And as how politics works, it's always super, super important <laughs> in this time frame. You know, you could, you know, uh, uh, see it in a different way but whatever you do in this moment seems to be the most important thing in the world <laughs> so that kind of is the feeling so you do have this really high intensity uh, surrounding where you think okay this has to be done in one hour and it is so important if we don't write this paper you know the, the world is going to crumble and angela merkel she's in germany for this so so that kind of uh, that kind of thinking and that obviously changes the way and the yeah, stress level, stressfulness in which you work. And that again, you know, puts another level of, of uh, pressure on a team. Um, and we do have the same surrounding in a, in a way during the main conference of, uh, at the security conference where we do have to interact with <laughs> surprised politicians who act in their own world and everybody acts in their own reality, but they have, they have their politic reality where everything is in this moment is super important. And we had this one case, for example, where um, one team member really had calls during the conference where people told him that things are so important. Uh, you're putting people's lives out there on the line right now, if you don't do X, Y, Z. So, that, you know, that's the way of uh, uh, people see themselves and acting. So that, obviously puts another you know another uh, level of pressure on teams which you have to handle and then again we're talking about how do you handle that how do you relieve pressure uh, probably in some old school companies people go drinking i wouldn't say that's that's the best 
best way to do it. I mean, that can be a relief for some kind of, but you know, that's not really helpful. Um, so finding the right way, that's what I said with the checkouts on Fridays, putting energy in the team, but not becoming too silly and giving some strength. And that's again, the Papa Bear kind of image saying, hey, we are on this together and you know, maybe we're going to open up a beer, but then let's all find also your private space. That's it. We're at the company, but that's again a part of politics that private private life and, and politics kind of merge most of the times to say, okay, respect your private life. So now Friday's over. You go and do your private things. We're going to see each other again on Monday and get some. And now by saying goodbye, having the checkup, we get some relief and letting out the, the, the steam of the political craziness we had the last week. Yeah, a different environment. I mean, most of the times I work with companies, but sometimes also with political organizations. So seeing your views as an insider, I think is quite quite interesting. Let's move to the um, very last question, a surprise question. But all the listeners, or as you have also listened to the podcast, you might know it, which is, um, imagine that for one day you had the magical opportunity to make sure that leaders across the world show a specific leadership behavior with their teams. Which one would you go for? I would actually go for the, the aspect of trust, having deep-rooted trust in your team, and that combines also being approachable and being, in a way, an eye level and saying, because I trust you, I approach you with, with the openness, And I want the same trust. I want you to have the same trust in me, but which means we can obviously discuss things and also say things which may in the, in the first step seem if, but they are not. They're just there to improve our our team effort because we trust each other. It's cool. Great. Thank you very much, Julian, <laughs> for being on the podcast, for sharing your experiences. Thank you very much, Catherine. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure and a lot of fun. And like I said, the Papa Bear thing is copyrighted. Don't even try stealing it. <laughs> This was Destination Leadership, the podcast with inspiring leaders. I'm curious to hear what is it from this interview that you take away that has inspired you? Write to me via Instagram, Twitter, or get in touch via LinkedIn, all under my name, Katrin Grunwald. Also, if you have any feedbacks on the podcast or suggestions of leaders that have left a positive mark on you and you'd like others around the world to hear this inspiration too. I look forward to welcoming you again on the next episode of Destination Leadership. <laughs>